welcome to the Exam Study Expert Podcast, helping you ace your exams at school and university through the psychology of high performance and the science of studying smarter, not harder. It's my pleasure to introduce your host, the Cambridge-trained memory psychologist and exam success coach, William Wadsworth. Hello and welcome to the Exam Study Expert podcast. We're wrapping up our series of Grovember November episodes today, which have been all about helping you grow and plan the next step in your studies and in your life generally. There's, I hope, been something for everybody, uh, whether you're thinking about what you might want to study after you finish high school, or perhaps if you're planning your next move after university or college. Today, we're talking about studying science at university, and in particular, chemistry. If you're looking for an advocate for studying chemistry, I can think of no one better than today's guest, who is Dr. Peter Withers. Dr. Withers oversees teaching at the Department of Chemistry in Cambridge and is something of a campus legend thanks to his passion both for the subject and for some, shall we say, spectacularly explosive lecture demonstrations. His fame reaches well beyond the university though and has had numerous TV and radio appearances over the years, including on the Discovery Channel's The Big Experiment and presenting the Royal Institution Christmas Lectures on the BBC. I've actually found these lectures freely available online, by the way, so I've put those links in the show notes, as well as uh, links to where you can find some of his excellent and well-regarded and very readable books on chemistry. He's even been awarded an MBE for his services to chemistry. So uh, let's meet Dr. Withers and dive right in. I started by asking him how he got interested in chemistry in the first place. So actually, I mean, I was sort of more hooked on chemistry rather than just attracted to it uh, from, a, from a very young age, uh, from about the age of eight, actually. I mean, it was you know, literally in my junior school uh, when I was just reading about these in sort of class. We had these study cards and uh, so the whole science thing sort of, uh, I just thought was, was essentially magic, especially when I was reading about magnets, for instance, the first time I came across these and uh, you know what they do. I mean, I still think they're magic, but there we go. Um, but then uh, one of my teachers said, oh, we've got this old box of stuff and there's a pot of copper sulfate here, uh, which allowed me to take home. And then I was electroplating things and so on. And it just grew from there, really. So it's from a very young age. And then I got through a number of chemistry sets uh, back in the day where you could buy chemistry sets with with chemicals in heaven forbid, like now where it's all sort of, you know, bicarbonate of soda and vinegar. But um, so, yeah, I I, I sort of worked my way through a number of chemistry sets uh, at a young age. Uh, and then eventually built up my own little lab, as I know, you know sometimes still do now, which is quite fun. Yeah. Um, so I built up a, my sort of home lab. Uh, and, uh, well, at one point I was working for a laboratory suppliers during uh, my uh, school holidays. Uh, and so, uh, you know, used to pay me in equipment and, and chemicals and so on. So I actually had, you know, it was quite an impressive little lab. Uh, with I had you know Bunsen burners, centrifuges, balances, all sorts of stuff. So it was uh, quite fun. Wow! <laughs> but uh, I mean, this passion there um, stayed with me really right from that really early age. That I was just absolutely fascinated with chemistry, uh, and it stayed with me you know, throughout my time at university. And it's what I'm still doing now. So still very much in love with the subject. So you were talking to a group of school students, high school students. Uh, you know, what, what would you tell them about studying chemistry at university? What, why, why pick chemistry above uh, all the other choices? 
Well, I mean, what I would actually say, I think, is that, you know, really, you need to give passion for whatever subject that is. Uh, and I think that's the thing. I mean, I had a real passion for chemistry. And, you know, this, is, this has stayed with me. And I think, really, that's the most important thing that, you, you know, you want to do something that you are actually uh, passionate about, interested in. Now, of course, you know, different people are, you know, get passionate about different sorts of things and you know, trying to work out if your passions aligned with what you can study at university might be you know, a little bit harder for some people. Mine was very, you know, very easy to do that uh, since you know, my, my passion was for a subject that I could study at university. But why, why, what would I, if I was trying to you know, sort of say the advantage of doing chemistry at university, well, I mean, I think it's um, foremost, really, it, it gives you great training to think. I think that's the most important thing. And you know, this is what's really valuable. This is what employers are looking for. Uh, because unless you end up going into a job where you are you know, explicitly using your, uh, the subject that you've learned and, and studied, and it's most unlikely that you will do that, you know, actually, you know, it's, it's that process of being able to think and solve problems for yourself and work through things. That's what employers are looking for. And I think chemistry is a very good training for, for that sort of side, as is you know, most of the sciences, of course. Um, I think it, it's, it's the process of learning to think for yourself and solve problems, really. And that's what made, uh, makes uh, chemists uh, very valuable, even you know, not only within the sort of chemistry sector, but also in terms of you know, industry as a whole or going into the city, for instance, as well. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And um, one of the things that, that sort of I, I always remember about, about chemistry from my own experience is, is how you know, varied it can be. Um, all the different sorts of things you get up to is uh, while you're while you're studying chemistry, um, you know, for anyone that's sort of thinking about it, maybe maybe paint us a bit of a picture of the the different sorts of things you might be getting up to. I mean, sometimes it feels a bit like maths, sometimes it feels a bit like you know, alchemy, like you were describing. Well, I think that that is you know, very much the case that uh, chemistry is often sort of touted as the the central science, but you know, we believe this. I mean, I think it absolutely is. I mean, you just need to look at the um, people in our department. Uh, and we have mathematicians, we have uh, physicists, we have biologists, and so on. But they're all studying chemistry. But you can move in so many different directions, and that's the real one of the real beauties of this. So sometimes you know, we find people that uh, at, chemistry, at, at, at Cambridge with natural sciences they don't specialise initially, and and that's because they haven't really experienced uh, university level science. And this is a good thing that uh, there's this flexibility to move about. And it is the case that uh, you know, people often don't quite know what they want to study at a university level from school because there are differences between the subjects. But one of the nice things about chemistry is you know, if you are interested perhaps more in physics and quite like the whole physics side of things itself, you can still do that within chemistry. You can still do biology within chemistry or maths and so on. So there are many different ways that you can uh, keep those interests up yeah, other areas of science uh, still within sort of the chemistry framework. And I think that's one of the great attractions, really. But I should say that, uh, you know, this isn't unique to chemistry in the sense that, you know, science now is interdisciplinary, that uh, you know, I'm sure you could find all these different branches of sober between all of them. But it seems particularly so in, within chemistry. Well, one of the things I wanted to ask you was about that bridge between uh science at school, and particularly chemistry at school, and uh, chemistry at, at university. Because I know you've spent some time sort of thinking about that gap and founded things like the Chemistry Challenge, and I know you've just written some books that uh, help help to sort of speak to that specific problem. Um, I'd just be interested in your thoughts on on that gap and how students might be able to bridge it. 
I think the big difference really between uh, science at school level and then university level is this uh, sort of problem solving um, uh, nature of the sort of, you know, the, the work that you're doing. I think um, maybe things are changing a little bit with the school curriculum these days. It, it certainly used to be that you could essentially learn all the answers that could possibly be coming up to your A-level questions. So, you know, a good student will know that uh, this is the question and this is how I need to answer this and so on. Whereas when at a higher level, it really is to, you know, that you will get questions that uh, nobody's seen before and, you know, you've got to work out how you can tackle these things uh, that are not familiar to you. And I think that's the big difference, actually. And so I think trying to bridge that gap a little bit, just uh, trying to get students almost sort of to move out of their comfort zone of, uh, you know, knowing the answers and uh, knowing how to answer them and just to find something that's a little bit different, uh, which can which can really throw people, it puts them out of their comfort zone and they think, oh, I haven't seen this before. I don't know the answer. But actually what's interesting is, you know, that uh, hopefully their teachers can go through this with them later and show that they could have worked this out knowing what they have. And I think that's the transition that I'm quite interested in is, is, is this sort of just slightly different uh, is it sort of tiny nuances really in that uh, you know this these are questions that you could do but perhaps they just don't feel confident because they haven't seen something like this so it's just encouraging people to to branch out a little bit more a little bit more daring using what they know rather than just repeating what they know so I, I think that's the, the sort of the, the crucial area that I'm interested in a lot of that, I think, applies to to a lot of disciplines, not not just not just chemistry. Absolutely. So this is so you mentioned the uh, the Cambridge Chemistry Challenge. I mean, this is set up to do exactly that. It was uh, something that we wanted to do for Year Twelve students because we felt there was a bit of a a gap there for chemistry for these students. But the nice thing about it is, I mean, it's something that students can have a go at. Uh, they don't even need to admit to it if it goes horribly wrong. Uh, but, uh, you know, maybe they'll surprise themselves and see that they can do this. And then it's something that they can mention on their UCAS statements and so on, which is a nice thing. But again, it's just presenting something that is a little bit more challenging, a little bit different. And, and that's why it's really useful. So it, it hopefully will sort of show some interesting areas of chemistry. This is the other thing. It, it's, it's fun to try and uh, you know, have something a little bit uh, entertaining as well. But it's just, again, just pushing them outside of their comfort zones of what they normally have to do. And, and these are, you know, it's a really useful skill. I mean, so a number of universities are now asking for admissions assessments. Uh, and this, again, could be something that isn't quite the same. It's not going to be the same as the A-level type questions. It's going to be something different. So any practice for these sorts of things, I think, is really crucial. And also, of course, if you're going to have an interview for your university, then again, I mean, who knows what, uh, you, you know, what you might be asked. And it's going to perhaps be something a little bit different from things that you, you know, well, certainly from the A-level style of questions. So I think any, any opportunity to practice these things is, is really good, really. Absolutely. You mentioned a few ideas there. Any sort of further advice for prospective chemistry applicants, uh, obviously beyond scoring well in their exams, uh, anything else they could do to prepare for written applications and, and for interviews? Well, I think uh, you know the advantage of things like the Cambridge Chemistry Challenge is that it's geared at Year Twelve students. But there are other competitions. I mean, the the uh, Olympiads uh, for maths, for physics, for chemistry, biology, and, uh, other subjects. I think there's a geography one, all sorts of informatics, all sorts of things. Um, and I think you know, anyone that has a you know a passion for these sorts of subjects will definitely want to get involved with those. 
Uh, and who knows, I mean, you might end up with a, a trip abroad to represent your country, which would be fantastic. But again, it's, uh, I mean, that experience is really worthwhile, irrespective of, you know, how far you end up going through the process. I think just sort of tackling these things, you know, anything you do, and then going through it later, I think this is really perhaps even more important than, than taking it in the first place, you know, going through it afterwards with the teacher to see, you know, actually, yes, I could have worked that out, and I, actually, I, I've got all the information I need, and, you know, why didn't I do that? And, and that's often the reaction of the students afterwards. They thought, oh, yeah, it wasn't that difficult after all, was it? And I think that's, that's the sort of confidence that they will need building up, and these are what these things are really good at. It's helping to try to give students that confidence, but it's not something that uh, you know you're just going to do straight away and find you know absolutely trivial. I mean, you know, you need to be prepared that I'm not necessarily going to answer all of this stuff, but hopefully, as I say later, you will realise that you could have had a good go at it. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's the crucial thing, really. Yeah. I would just briefly, but perhaps give us a, give us an idea of what to uh, what what we might expect at at an interview, because um, I know it's something that uh, uh, it's quite a daunting prospect. So. Uh, Yes, I mean, of course. I mean, you know, we see that people are clearly nervous, uh, and you know, as was I you know, when I went through yeah. the system, and no doubt you yeah, were as of well. <laughs> and, and of course, you know, it's one thing that uh, you know everyone always remembers. You know what their what happened in their interview, what questions they were asked, and so on. I remember mine from uh, over thirty years ago. Again, what we're looking for, though, I mean. You know, we're certainly not looking to try to catch people out with tricky questions and so on, but we're trying to assess you know, how people can think through problems. I mean, that's what we're interested in. And at the end of the day, I mean, you know, these we want to make sure that the students that we are admitting to Cambridge will be comfortable here and will thrive in this environment. So that's what we're trying to assess, really, just to make sure that people will be able to cope with the system here. Uh, but you know, the main thing is that yes, they can uh, you know, use the uh, the facts uh, and skills that they've been taught at school and you know, apply those to sort of things that perhaps they haven't really thought about before. Which again is why it's so crucial that any practice of these sorts of skills are, you know, is vital for the students really. So yeah, exactly that. We're asking. We might ask you know to to plot some sort of uh, mathematical function or something or. Uh, but it, it's going to be, you know, it won't be just simply um, asking a question that they will immediately know the answer to that they've been taught. It's going to be something that they're going to have to think about for themselves, perhaps for the first time. So maybe we've been successful in your in your interview and you've uh, you've got your place at, at university. And so what is, uh, if you'll pardon the pun, the uh, formula for success in chemistry? <laughs> um, I mean, you know, from years of, of experience and teaching students and so on i think um uh listening to what your lecturers teachers uh supervisors are telling you, you know, i hesitate to say you know not being bloody minded about <laughs> something but pretty much that that um you know i i do find that you know the, the best students are ones that are listening carefully to what you're saying and adapting uh, because I mean, ultimately, as I say, we've been doing this for you know, quite a number of years. We've been marking works. We've, we're knowing how uh, you know this would go down a bit if it were an exam that uh, you know the student has submitted their their report for the week or something, and you, and you can give your feedback. And sometimes you just see that the students you know clearly just thinking, oh yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, and you just think, oh well, you know, if you if you're not going to listen to what I'm saying and you know you know taking this seriously, you, know, you simply will not improve. And I think that's one of the big things, really. I mean, so obviously, you know, the universities are all, you know, they put in a lot of work to come up with a, a program, a structured uh, course. 
and you know trying to to educate the students but i think there needs to be a willingness on the part of the students to engage with that as well and to to take feedback and, and work on that as well and i think that's what really marks out the students that do you know particularly well you know they will really sort of you know take on board what their supervisor is saying and so on. And I think that that is the, the one thing that makes a big difference. I mean, of course, you know, that there's all sorts of other things like, you know, uh, you know good work ethic, but you need to balance that as well. I, I wouldn't say, you know, for one moment that you need to spend all your time working. You know, you, you simply can't do that. But uh, you do need to regularly put in the work, of course, and uh, you know, prepare your assignments well and, you know, in advance and not rush them all in the night before and so on. So, I mean, obviously there's all those sorts of things. But I, but I think actually, you know, say, say engaging and you know, listening is you know, a really big part of things, actually. Yeah. Listen, take on board feedback, work mm. sensibly, but not too hard. <laughs> uh, there, is, there is such thing as too, too much hard work. Um, a balance. You need, you need a life-work life balance, of course, you know, exactly. I mean, I, I'm particularly supportive of students that uh, you know want to do other activities, yeah. such as you know, sports and so on. And I think uh, you know some of. Uh, I mean, I, I'm always you know particularly impressed when you get students that are performing at a really high level with a sport, um, but also you know handing in fantastic work. I mean, you know, it, it takes real discipline. You need to be very motivated that uh, you know these are your goals. But it really is possible to do this. But you do need to be highly disciplined. Uh, and uh, you know, structure your day. Uh, you say, well, you know, this is the time that I, I know I, I'm going to have to you know, spend with my sport, but that means I'm going to have to do my work in these times and so on. And this is what I need to get done, and I will get it done. But you know, I say I've had some you know, really impressive students that are able to balance this. You know, and and I, 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 yeah, it always impresses me when they're able to to do that successfully and, and well. Absolutely, absolutely. I just wanted to talk as well about what, what sort of quality looks like from an examiner's and, a, and an assessor's perspective. Because one of the things I, I, I sort of slightly remember about taking uh, university-level chemistry exams is a, is a technically accurate answer might not always earn you full marks. I th- yeah. I mean, I think I, I've been sort of quite mindful of this recently. Uh, I think this will depend to some extent on you know, the examiners, the course, the questions and so on. But um, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I, I think part of this is that um, Again, it's a difference between the A-level style and then university-style questions. You know, we're not necessarily just simply asking for you know the answer to this question and that's it and this is what gets you the marks. We want to see what the student knows about you know this particular area. And so, yes, it might. It, I mean, often we're trying to look to see that they can get across their understanding of something rather than just. You know the mere this is what happens thing that uh, some explanation of why this happens or how this is happening you know would would be a better answer and so that's the point that we would be perhaps uh, you know rewarding the students that are giving a better answer rather than just the one that's done the sort of mere sort of outline of the you know the basic bones to an answer of a question can you give us ex- any example sort of specific examples of what sort of things might uh, you know really kind of buff up the quality of that that response I mean, a typical thing might be sort of, you know, give a mechanism for this particular reaction. And you, know, you could, you know, sometimes you see this, that a student just literally draw the structures, draw some curly arrows, as you know, this is common in chemistry, yeah. and then thinks that that's it. But actually, you know, a better answer would be to say that, uh, you know, what the interaction is between you know, one substance and another and so on. And so, well, basically to put some words that go with the mechanism that they might have drawn. 
So rather than, I mean, the mechanism itself would just be the sort of, you know, basic outline of an answer, but you know, some text that accompanies this and explains what's going on would be a better answer. Do you have any, any closing advice to, to students at uh, university? Oh, I think my closing advice would be, you know, obviously, I think university is one of the best times of your life, or it should yeah, be. Yeah. Um, but it's that balance, you know, it is because I think it is also all too easy. It, it goes so fast. I mean, the, the three years, four years that you might spend at university, it's over in a blink, really. So, yeah. <laughs> and then you know, I've, I've, I've had a lot of students that thought, uh, I just wish I'd done that little bit more work. Um, you know, they often think that they can suddenly catch up at the last minute or catch up in their final year. But actually, it's that steady approach. You need to put in the background work um, in order to do well in the next year. You've got to have a good solid found foundation of the year that you're in. So I think, yes, I mean, absolutely, this is going to be one of the best times of your life, of course. But you, you wouldn't want to sort of look back and say, oh, I didn't quite do as well as I could have done. And I think that's the thing, really, that you know, try and uh, put in that little bit of effort to make sure that you can be proud of what you've done when you look back at this later. Forming your friendships oh, fantastic and you know, achievements Dr. in sports Thank or you very music much. or drama or whatever I'm sure there'll be are wonderful as well. interested in finding out a bit more about some of the things you've been talking about, particularly if any listeners are thinking about applying for chemistry. Are there any particular resources or books you'd recommend? And where can they find out more and find them? Just smart people are going to get great results. They've got to work as well. You need to be you need to be clever, of course, but you need to put in that work and work hard. Well, of course, uh, the easy thing now is uh, the internet is such a wonderful <laughs> thing. It's so easy to find anything. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, but so together with my Keeler, uh, my colleague James Keeler, uh, we we wrote a book that was aimed at the sort of transition between um, school work and university level approach to chemistry. Uh, so this is the book Why Chemical Reactions Happen. Um, this is you know absolutely targeted at this sort of you know this transition group. Um, so that would be a, a, a good thing to start off with, perhaps. But I mean, yeah, I say somebody interested in the subject, I mean, there's so much that you can find online. I mean, I always think that Wikipedia is a fantastic starting point. You, you, know, you, you, can, you can go a long way just with Wikipedia. But there are also many tutorials, there are lectures online that you can visit. The Royal Institution is a, is a wonderful place uh, for seeing really exciting uh, lectures. So, so they're all videoed and online. I believe you lectured there yourself at Christmas time a few years ago. <laughs> I did. I gave the Christmas lectures there, which was which was great fun, uh, yeah, highly enjoyable. And those are all available now as well. You can see some, I think, pretty exciting demonstrations there, reminding you why chemistry is so much fun. Yeah, do you know, I think it was Christmas, the Christmas lectures back when I was sort of uh, probably five years old, <laughs> probably some of my earliest experiences of science. And that, that's certainly... They, they um, weren't the ones that I gave. I hasten to add. <laughs> No, that was that was a little longer ago. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so look, I, I always just finish off with uh, the, what I call the, the sort of time machine question, which is, um, you know, if you had a chance to, to sort of step back in a time machine and um, go back and meet your, perhaps not your five-year-old self, maybe your sort of 16-year-old self um, in the uh, in the school playground, and, and maybe give him sort of one or two bits of advice for the uh, for the road ahead, what, what, what might you say? Um, I think I, I could have some very interesting advice for myself <laughs> back then, but... Uh... I think I think the 
particularly relevant thing here would be to say that again it's this sort of you know i had a passion for chemistry and that was there at 16 and you know i would just say that you know keep with this uh this is going to stay with you for the rest of your life you know, and I encourage myself actually i mean now i didn't know when i you know, started building up my chemistry set back then or reading the books that i was looking at uh, in those days that you know this would eventually win me a place on the chemistry olympiad to represent the country that was a fantastic thing you know, i had no idea i had no idea that you know i'd get into cambridge i would eventually you know, become a lecturer here uh, and so on but uh, you know this was it was the passion that i had at that age and this has stayed with me so i think my advice would be you know go with that passion and this this you know it, it, it's you know it is worthwhile so i would encourage myself to to stick with chemistry I have no regrets. I, I, I say I still love the subject just as much now as I did uh, as a as a young young lad. Phenomenal. Well, Dr. Peter Woodes, thank you ever so much. Uh, this has been this has been fantastic. Thank you very much. And again, you can find links to the various books and resources Dr. Withers mentions in the show notes, including his book, Antimony, Gold and Jupiter's Wolf, which is all about how the elements were named, and also why chemical reactions happen, which I remember reading as a really key part of my preparation uh, for my interview at Cambridge. Now, talking of preparation, and as a little coda to today's conversation, I wanted to briefly welcome back Rohan Egerwal, who you'll remember if you listened to our previous episode on applying for med school. Rohan and his team at Uni Admissions have an awful lot of experience helping people not just for medicine, but also for science applications, at Oxford and Cambridge or otherwise. So, I wanted to hear Rowan's perspective on best practice when it comes to preparing for your application and for your interview, and his thoughts on how you can get some extra help should you feel you want it. Rohan, uh, we've just had a fantastic interview there with with Dr. Wuthers about studying chemistry at at university. Um, If anyone's thinking about applying for science at university, Oxbridge or otherwise, uh, perhaps you could give us a few thoughts on best practice uh, for the application and then how you might be able to help them uh, prepare. So I think the the key thing here is um, with, with with science interviews at Oxbridge, as you can imagine, they are primarily science focused. And I know, I know that sounds like a very obvious thing to say, but please don't spend any time preparing on obtuse questions like "Tell me about a time when you showed great leadership or had a, a good communication skills." They are at Oxbridge in particular. Science interviews focus primarily on challenging concepts um, rather than kind of information. What I mean by that is they rarely are a test of knowledge. They're more a test of kind of application. So if you imagine, if you're asked by uh, your interviewer, what's the level of potassium in the in the body, you wouldn't be expected to kind of declaratively uh, state that the correct level. You'd be expected to kind of work that out using a series of graphs and assumptions and some data perhaps that it's applied to you. So it's really not a case of, it's not a, it's not a destination that they're looking for. It's very much the journey. That's most important, you know. If you don't, if you take anything away from this, that's the most important point: is show your work, show your thinking, make each step reasonable, logical, and deductible. Makes sense. And in terms of um, the, the best way to uh, to kind of uh, work with us, well, well, last year we worked with more than two hundred students um, who were applying to Oxford and Cambridge, and we got two thirds of them in. So I like to think we know what we're doing. Um, so normally it's about fifteen to twenty percent that are successful on their own. So what we do does really work, but obviously the, the way we do things is we work with students over a protracted period of time, typically six to 12 months, 
on our um, science programs. Essentially, though, we look after the whole application process for them from start to finish. That includes a personal statement, any tests that they may have to sit, and the interview process, as well as some of the other intangible UCAS application uh, work required. We don't work with everyone. We only work with about 30% of students that actually contact us. Uh, and that's essentially because we have to be very careful with our numbers. Uh, we only want to work with bright, enthusiastic and smart children who really want to succeed in life. So if you're interested in kind of working with us or finding out a little bit more, then please get in touch. The easiest thing to do is to just go onto our website, www.uniadmissions.co.uk. If you're considering an application for any science course, perhaps particularly at Oxford or Cambridge, and you want to maximise your chances, I can highly recommend the team at Uni Admissions. I know many of them personally, and their track record of success speaks for itself. I've even managed to persuade Rohan to offer a little something extra to listeners of the Exam Study Expert podcast. So if you are interested in exploring their services more, mention to them that you're an Exam Study Expert podcast listener when you apply, and they'll be happy to offer you an extra mock interview absolutely free. Just go to uniadmissions.co.uk to get the ball rolling. And again, I'll put that link for you in the show notes. That's uniadmissions.co.uk. And don't forget to mention that you're an exam study expert listener to get your free extra mock interview. And with that, I wanted to wish you every success in any applications you've got coming up and of course in your studies. And I look forward to seeing you again soon. If you've got exams coming up, you can now get all of William's favourite tips and tricks to save you time and get you higher grades, all in one handy cheat sheet. Grab your copy at examstudyexpert.com slash free tips. Thanks again for listening, and see you soon.